Hi, Mama. Welcome to Good Morning Grief Podcast. I am your host and bereaved mama, Summer Ray, and this is a podcast for mamas, about mamas, and dedicated to mamas who have lost a child. Hey, Mama. Welcome to episode five of Good Morning Grief. This is Summer Ray, and this episode is going to be um, my story, um, Parenting with Grief. Oh, this is a tough one for me. Parenting through my grief, my story, my love, my loss, my pain, my joy, and my deepest regrets. My oldest son, the baby boy that made me a mama, The infinite, deep, desperate love I have for this human is just immeasurable. And he was eight years old the night we told him his sister was dead. And death brings a bold, font, thick line of before and after. And I don't know that I'll ever really know how deeply this before and after event shook this little eight-year-old soul. I do remember I fumbled for the words. She passed. She died. She's dead. She's in heaven. She's gone. And I'm not even sure he was able to say goodbye to her. (sighs) I'm sorry. Was mostly what I remember getting out that night. And as the tears fell from his beautiful green eyes, my heart shattered all over again. How in the hell am I going to do this? How am I going to be the mender of his heart and pick up the pieces of my shattered heart? And the truth is, Mama, I couldn't and I didn't. And grief brings many, many emotions. Regret is like at an 80% on my emotions that still need to be reconciled pie chart. In the years that followed, I only existed inside the deep, immense pain-induced fog, and I really did not have sight of anyone other than myself, and honestly, just trying to stay alive. Anger seeped from every pore in my body. I picked up my sword every fucking morning that I woke up, and I fought with everything that grief offered that day, and even the joy. I fought the laughter. Am I moving on? No, 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 I can't. I will not forget her. Then I begged for the, fa- for the sadness to dissipate. I begged God, Buddha, the universe, my sister, my husband, my mom, somebody, please help me. Why me? Oh, Lordy, just breathing the first few years back into existence brings knots into my, into my insides. And in the midst of the battle that remained silent in my head for most of the time, unless I was pissed off, I had to find the space to be present for my living child. But the effort just to ensure my baseline mom and hard existed, like uh, feed your child, clean your child and get your child to school on time. You know, all of those things that will at least keep child protective services from knocking on your door. Those once felt effortless but now felt like a climb to Mount Everest every single day. And I can scroll through pictures and see a distinct before October 13th, 2011 mom 
and an October 14th, 2011 mom. October 13th, 2011, I'm the hide and seek kind of mom, the get down and play mom, the play in the mud kind of mom. October 14th, 2011, that changed. There were nights when he would beg me to read him a book before bed and I absolutely refused because I couldn't move from the bed. Please, bud, leave me alone tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. Oh, and at the time, I didn't realize how quickly those tomorrows would turn into years. And now the little boy that would beg for my attention is 17. And I am begging for his attention. You know, and in the beginning, and if you go through some of my um, my blog that I had at the beginning after Kelsey died, I was seeking God. I was praying 24-7, and I demanded that my only living child do the same. And then when I decided prayer and scripture no longer served me, I gave up on the bedtime prayers with my little boy. I still have a Mother's Day card that reads, thank you for praying with me. And it meant something to him. And I couldn't even fake it. And family vacations, oh my gosh, honestly, a nightmare. I spent most of the time so freaking pissed off that I couldn't convince myself to just be in the present and focus on the gift in, of life in front of me. You know, and, and there are times, even in the midst of chaos, where I did still find ways to engage and I even managed to get a few laughs laugh around the dinner table stories from those experiences. We played board games on Friday nights. I did that crazy elf thing one Christmas. Uh, That was one and done on that. Uh, We attempted a four mile canoe trip down the Trinity River in Dallas. We would set aside time for dinner dates with just him and I. You know, and there were many moments in which I I did try to understand his point of view, but how could I expect him to even understand his point of view to be able to tell me when I didn't even myself know what this powerful force was? And even eight years later, I'm still struggling with his grief. Uh, for his birthday, he just turned 17 on Friday. And about a week before his birthday, he calls me and he says, Hey, mom, hey, I want to tell you what I want to get for my birthday. Um, and he says, I want to get a tattoo on my chest of Kelsey's birthday in Roman numerals. And y'all, I'm not kidding. My reaction Oh, I wish it would have been different, but man, it was this. Are you sure that's what you want to put on your body? And and yes, that is a normal mom reaction when your 17-year-old says they want a tattoo, but but I feel like this was kind of a a call to action for me to say, "Wow, bud, you know, thank you for thinking of her and thank you for for wanting to have her a, a part of you." And I didn't say those words. I, I kind of made him feel bad for even wanting that tattoo. And if I could go back in time, of course, I would change that 
that verbiage. But, but the thing is, um, about the words that you say is you can't always take them back. I did immediately, um, call and leave a message and then also send him a text afterwards, kind of explaining it and kind of reframing what I wanted to say to him. But, but I could tell in his, in that moment, when we got off the phone, there was just a sense of disappointment in his voice. And oh, I knew this one was going to be tough um, because the pain is still there. Like I'm still having to reconcile those regrets. And um, in this moment, uh, my son doesn't live with me. He lives with his dad. Um so I have an empty room, actually, where I sit and do the podcast at. Um, and and I was talking to someone the other day about this, and and they were with with good intentions trying to get me to accept the fact that that the way that I think about about our relationship, that yes, maybe I didn't do everything, but I really you know, from an outside looking in, I did everything that I could do in that moment. But here's the thing about that. I do know that that's true, but that doesn't help me acknowledge the pain that I have from that regret and, and be able to serve myself in a way where I can feel that, let it flow and then exit. Right now, it just kind of settles within me, and I and I just have to work through it, um, and give myself a little bit of self compassion, um, because those those especially those first few years. So Dylan, eight, nine, ten, even eleven. You know, I was basically in a dense fog, unable to communicate with anybody in a in a way that made sense, I'm sure. So I do hope that one day I'll be able to sit with Dylan. And I hope that one day I'll be able to explain to him is that, well, while I was drowning, he was the space between the water and the ceiling, the small space that I needed in order to gasp for air. And my actions didn't always show that. Um, But in my heart, I knew that I had to wake up every day and I had to at least feed my child, clean my child, and get him to school on time. And um, the love that that we share, even though we may be in a season of, um, I guess, contention, um, is something that that I treasure, um, and that I hope one day um, we will be able to reconcile. Um, I'll be able to to feel his grief and my grief. Um, in the same breath and be able to to accept it, to love it, to fear it, to be angry with it, to let all of the 
all of the emotions that exist within that exist, but also be able to, to speak about it in a way that, that brings us closer together. So for those mamas out there in the, in the arena fighting to hold on to the memory of your beloved child that has died and still fighting to keep it together for your living child. My only advice that I can give is, is self-compassion and self-love and to give yourself, and this is me needing to take my own advice, but giving yourself that room that you need to say, I'm doing the best I can do. And it may not be what that, what it looks like, um, what a mom looks like in the world, um, in the world without grief and without pain, but in a world where you exist within that immense pain of child loss, I can promise you and I can reassure you, you are doing the best you can do. We are doing the best that we can. Thank you for listening to Good Morning Grief Podcast with Summer Ray. If you have a story you'd like to share or a topic you would like to discuss, please email me at goodmorninggriefpodpod at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at goodmorninggriefpod. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. May you rest easy in your grief, find beauty in the pain, and may the world be gentle to your wounded soul.